The Tower, Episode 20, The Titans TV Show, Episode 3. Hey everyone, this is your host Peter, taking a look at episode 3 of the Titans TV show, entitled Origins, in time for tomorrow's episode 4 release. First up though, some feedback from Twitter. I got a comment from the person running Bowling Green State University's Batman Conference Twitter handle, stating, Just started Titans and will be turning into your comments each week. I always liked the kooky Batman and the Outsiders villains, so it's nice to see the nuclear family again so soon after Justice League action. And in last episode, I wondered if the nuclear family had ever appeared before. I thought they didn't. And this person pointed me to Justice League action, which is a cartoon that I have not watched. Uh, Sure enough, the nuclear family makes an appearance, they battle Firestorm, and their appearance in that cartoon is more in line with the comics. We have a mom, we have a dad, we have three kids and a dog, and they are all robots. And in the Titans TV show, we have a mom and dad, uh, a son and a daughter. Uh, I forget if there was a dog in episode two, but there wasn't one in episode three. And they, I guess they hint that they were quote-unquote built or that they could be turned off. So I'm going to assume that they are also robots as well. Now, the Twitter handle that I talked about, uh, which is promoting Batman in popular culture, this is going to be a conference in April of 2019 at the Department of Popular Culture and the Brown Popular Culture Library of Bowling Green State University in Bowling Green. The conference aims to examine Batman in popular culture in all mediums and media. It is intended to serve as a space for academics, graduate students, comic industry professionals, retailers, and fans to engage in dialogue about topics related to Batman in its many media forms, mediums, and cultural influence in popular culture and beyond. Keynote speakers are Mike W. Barr and Tony Isabella. Now, they are welcoming individual proposals or preformed panels that address any or all of these themes. As the conference seeks to provide a multitude of perspectives, academic presentations and those from outside the academy are welcome. If you want information on how you can submit a panel or a roundtable, a performance or artistic display, etc., Uh, I will provide a link in the show notes because all um, submissions to request to be part of the conference are due by Monday, December 30th, 2018. And they also stated no pineapple (laughs) on their pizza. Uh, So yeah, as I said, I'll, I'll drop that info in the show notes. But thank you for that comment. We also got a comment from Paul Kinzel who said, great episodes, Peter, glad I found your podcast. From Stephen Orr of the Stephen Orr Else podcast, 
He wrote, uh, I've never read the Titans and don't watch the show, yet I've listened to both of your episodes and enjoyed them. I do like some pineapple on my pizza, but not all the time. Yay, pineapple. Uh, Steven runs a solo cast at stevenorelse.com, and I'll provide a link in the show notes as well for that. Uh, the last episode I saw that he dropped was episode 9, and it was all focused on Monty Python. And then we got some comments, follow-up stuff from Jamie Dunst and Zed Ram. So thank you everybody who uh, commented on Twitter and anybody that retweeted or liked the episode drop on Twitter. Okay, Titans episode 3. Um, we went back to the larger mystery in this episode surrounding Raven and Dick and... You know, why is Corey searching for her? Blah, 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 blah. I don't know. This episode didn't work for me in a number of ways, and I'll get to some of that uh, a little bit later. So, as I said, Corey is searching for Rachel at the top of this episode. She enters the scene, and she got some information that managed to get her from Europe all the way to America, and she wound up at the fight scene, at the rooftop fight scene um, from episode two. And She's waiting in a car. She sees that Rachel is being kidnapped by the nuclear family, so she follows them. And eventually, she saves Rachel. So we get um, that little extra Titans connection here. First it was Dick and... Rachel, and now it's Rachel and Corey. The father of the nuclear family did have a funny reaction when he saw Corey at a gas station uh, right before she burns him up, and he says something like, oh gosh, or something. His his The way he did it, his reaction was pretty funny. So yes, Corey manages to save Rachel, and Corey wants to visit a church in Ohio because she found a picture in Rachel's home back in Travers, Michigan from episode one. It's a picture that was in a box under a floorboard. It's a picture of a baby, which I assume is Rachel, and a mother, which I assume is the mother from episode one, played by Sherilyn Fenn. Uh, We find out the mother has a name named Melissa, And it's also a picture with some nuns, and on the back it says St. Paul's Church, and it's it's dated 2005. So that photo leads Corey and Rachel to St. Paul's Paul's Church. Now, along the way, they stop at a diner so that the show can remind the viewers once, once more and also can show Rachel just how much of a badass Corey is. But I felt it was kind of cliche, and that wasn't the last cliche moment um, in this episode of this TV series. Now, eventually they make it to the church, and of course, something just feels wrong and very obvious and very cliche. Something's going to happen to Rachel here. Uh, While I was watching it, I couldn't help but think, okay, this main nun, uh, while she knows a lot about Rachel, and she also knows about Corey, because apparently Corey visited this church, uh, you know, in the prior year, she just felt like something something was going to go wrong. So that kind of felt like it was hitting a familiar beat from other shows. Uh, this nun has an answer as to the key that Corey is 
carrying, it leads to a roller rink, which leads to another key. <laughs> um, but first, Rachel, while she's playing a pinball game, uh, meets up with Gar Logan, and they share a common interest because both their hair is colored. Rachel has blue hair, uh, Gar has green hair, and that's pretty much all we get out of that. So there's another Titans connection, and Dick, who has been looking for Rachel and who uh, got some information that it was Corey that stole her, finds Corey and Rachel in this skating rink, and he catches up with them, and, you know, there's now three Titans member members, with um, Gar looking on as they leave the skating rink. Now, in the parking lot, Rachel confronts Dick because um, because of that letter she read from last episode where Dick wanted to leave her with Hawk and Dove. And in Rachel's mind, Dick is just another person that's going to leave her behind. And of course, her powers go off once again in this parking lot, uh, destroying some car windows, setting off car alarms. It's a familiar beat from what we saw last episode when... Hawk and Dick were going at it, and Rachel managed to stop it. But it's a way for Corey to see Rachel's powers on display, and that will come up again later in the episode. So they go back to the church because Rachel feels safe there, but of course these uh, nuns who seem to have some kind of ulterior motive, they drug Rachel and they put her into a downstairs, it's kind of like a cell, a hospital cell, and they lock her up. And they're doing that because they want to keep her from her destiny. Now, this episode is called Origins, so we had a few places where I guess that title kind of reflects. We did learn about Rachel's past. Um, one of the nuns says Rachel was hidden or was hiding from her father. In a scene where the nuclear family has to go back to the man who activated them to let him know that they don't have Rachel anymore, and we, we find out that his name is Dr. Adamson, he describes uh, Rachel's father in this way. He says her father will reveal us when he comes, he will scrub the flesh of this world clean and show us who we really are. Now, on IMDb, he's called the messenger. So now we've had the acolyte, we've had the messenger, and we've learned something about um, the father and Rachel's relationship to the father. Now, when she's locked up at the church, her reflection is taunting her, as we've seen in other episodes, and it's the first time, I guess, I figured out that, um, yeah, that reflection is not only Raven's darker self, but it probably is Trigon as well. And I don't know why I didn't think of that before. So her demonic father is talking through her and has been all this time. And we've learned that the only way that he can come to Earth is if she invites him. So she throws a chair at the mirror. It smashes and cracks the reflection of dark raven uh as we're watching it has four eyes which is a direct nod to the way that trigon looks in the comics he has four eyes and when raven goes bad in one of the comics 
and she gets all red skin, just like her father, she also grows two extra eyes. So that was kind of a nice imagery for those people who, who could pick up on it, if you're familiar with the comics. The other origin angle during this episode is we get a bunch of flashbacks to Dick's origin. We find out that the accident that his parents had happened 15 years ago. Still kind of confused about what age he's supposed to be. Does that make him 25, 28? Because younger Dick looks like a teenager. I mean, he looks like he could be 13, 14, 15 years old. So again, not sure how old Dick is supposed to be. We learn that, um, we see that Dick learns that his parents were killed, and then he has one of those moments where he says, I have to be the one to find them so I can kill them. And of course, right away, that led me to think, okay, so when he gets wrapped up with Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne is obviously going to say to him or show him that he is... He has another way that he could channel his energy. And of course, that's exactly what happens through a letter. Even though Dick keeps wanting to run away from Wayne Manor, he hijacks one of Bruce Wayne's cars and goes driving off. I think that happened in the Batman Forever movie with Chris O'Donnell as Robin. I think he took one of the cars or a motorcycle or something and went on a, you know, a joyride. So again, that was another kind of cliche moment. The way those flashbacks connected to the ongoing present story is um, before Raven was put into that hospital cell, that church cell, Dick says to her, look, you have something within you. You can control it. You can channel it, not the other way around. And the way that he talked to her felt like he was trying to be, uh, he was trying to do what Bruce did for him but maybe he could do it better, or maybe he could, maybe he thinks he could help her in a way that he felt that Bruce didn't help him. Obviously, this is a way to steer him in a direction away from his violent self. Um, yeah, so we're going to see how this plays out with the other Titans. Now, while Raven was kidnapped or, or put into that cell, Dick and Corey were off. And that other key that Corey found uh, led her to a storage unit that when she opened it is conspiracy theory heaven, right? It's got the typical pictures all over the wall with strings attached all over. Um, it has a tape recorder that plays uh, Corey's voice. Uh, we have pictures of ravens. We have constellations. We have alien writing. In the tape of Corey, she mentions the word terrestrial, which probably shows that A, she's either an alien or um, she is an alien who has inhabited Corey's body. That's an ongoing theory as well. The tape also mentions the possibility of some human trafficking, which Rachel might have Rachel been a part of. And although Corey doesn't know what language is on all of these papers, she's able to speak it and maybe she's able to decipher it a bit. And we find out that Rachel is part of a prophecy, and that prophecy is to bring about the destroyer of worlds. So, um, you know, not very unique in that regard. And then while that information is being revealed to the viewers, 
Rachel is in that cell and probably, you know, allows that demonic self of her to come forth. She blows up part of the church real good, and the whole episode ends with Rachel running away. I guess for me, the mystery isn't really holding my attention, especially when they bring in um, Dick's detective self and, and the precinct that he worked with. I'm just not a fan of cop procedural shows, and it seems like almost every comic book show has to have some kind of police force. Um, it makes sense with Gotham. I mean, that just makes sense. Makes sense. It makes sense with Flash because Flash is part of, you know, he's a CSI, he's part of it. Um, and I guess you can say Black Canary's father on Arrow, he was a cop in the comics, I get it, but it's like almost every show has to have this, and it's just not something, you know, I don't mind it so much when they get into the lives of these characters, but when it's just about, here's another mystery of the day, and here's how we're going to solve it in a way that probably would never be solved realistically, but, you know, I get it, it's a TV show, I don't know, there's something mundane about it, it kind of bores me, um, it's kind of like when I used to read Batman in the 90s and it was mostly focused on mob stuff um, and moved away from some of the superhero stuff and I just kind of got bored with it. So, I don't know. I, I just didn't uh, I just didn't like this episode. Um, I, with the trailer for next episode, we're going to get Gar Logan. We're going to get the Doom Patrol. It kind of feels like it. it's repeating what it did with the Hawk and Dove episode where we get to open up the DC universe a bit. We actually get to see something larger than the normal world and I feel like I'm probably going to like that episode because of that. And then all of these thoughts led me to a much larger thought with this episode, which is um, who is this show for and who is a dedicated DCU app for. This isn't like the shows, uh, the Marvel shows on Netflix, right? Netflix is a huge platform that just happens to have some Marvel shows. This is a dedicated DC Universe app, dedicated DC content. So it has to be for the hardcore fandom, right? Because I don't know many of my non-comic book friends who are getting this app. Some of them haven't even heard of it. And I feel like when we have a Titans TV, TV show that isn't breaking the norm, that is kind of following the same format as some other comic book shows or just TV shows in general with mysteries... Um, it's, it's almost like they're trying to appeal to the mass audience, but I feel like the people watching this show are people who are familiar with Titans from some version or another. And it makes me think, why aren't they going big? Why, why isn't this a true superhero show, like a big superhero show, you know? Why isn't Corey falling from the skies because she she's an alien? And why isn't Raven teleporting and... Um, you know, yeah, we get to see Gar and we're going to see the Doom Patrol, but I don't know, why isn't it, why isn't this show bigger and, and bonkers and, and, and a real comic book show? 
superhero comic book show on a dedicated comic book app. I don't understand it. Um, and I feel like maybe that's what we're going to get with Doom Patrol, but why did they feel the need to make Titan start from this smaller place or this more controlled place? I think we would have gotten it. I think, I don't know, maybe it was money? I don't know. I don't know. I just don't know. I feel like all the people talking about the DCU app and the Titan show are people who read comics. And if if that's the case, then go big. I don't know. All right, we had some other thoughts. Obviously, we learned this episode that Dove isn't dead, of course. Um, maybe that will lead eventually to, to the two of them receiving superpowers. I don't know, maybe. Um, I'd love to know where they filmed Wayne Manor because it, it looks just like every other mansion that is used on a DC show. It looks like uh, Lex Luthor's place in Smallville. It looks like the mansion in Arrow, which I think they are the, the same. Um, it looks like the mansion in the X-Men movies. It feels like anytime they need a mansion, it has to be castle looking because that's the shorthand for mansion. Like there's no other style. There's no other style that screams wealth. And, you know, I get it. It's supposed to be Gotham, Gothic. Okay, I get it. But just for once, I kind of want to see something different. I don't want to see the same thing. Um, so I mentioned about um, Raven seeing Corey's power and Corey seeing Rachel's power and that there was a connection. So while they're driving, Corey talks about the power inside her, as does Rachel. And right at the same time, they say that their power um, is either darkness or light. And that's a very Marv Wolfman aspect. Um, Raven is on one corner of a triangle. Starfire is on another corner. And then the other point, or I should say the point connecting them is Donna Troy, who was always sort of in the middle. So you had Rachel, uh, you have Raven who tried to control her emotions and was about darkness. And then you had Starfire who was all about her emotions and she's, you know, Starfire. So she's about light. So that was kind of a nice little touch. In the storage unit, uh, Corey has a sunbed in the corner because, of course, she's, you know, Starfire. And I guess um, the solar energy aspect of it makes sense. We learned that Dick's partner, Amy, is dead. She was killed by the nuclear family in episode two. Or is she? I feel like that might be a feint. And we might, we might see her later. Or maybe that was a way to throw Dick off. I'm not sure. So I don't think her story's done, but we'll see. When Rachel was at the church, the main nun asked her to look at a painting of Mary meeting the divine. And the divine is painted like just like this tall flame. And the nun asks Rachel if she sees something in the flame, if she, if she sees a man. And if you know the comic book origin of Raven... Uh, her mother, Arella, uh, met Trigon, but not as the demon. She met him as someone that who was very beautiful. Like, think of, like, Morningstar. He was supposed to be the most beautiful um, um, angel, right? And then after they had sex is when Trigon reveals himself as a demon. So I feel like that was the nun trying to get some information from Rachel or maybe trying to see if... Rachel could instinctively know that her father was a demon. So I thought that was kind of cool. 
So yeah, uh, and again, you know, the episode was entitled Origins. We got some Grayson flashbacks. We got a little bit more of Raven's backstory. And I guess you could say this is one of the true beginnings of the Titans because all of the characters more or less met each, met each other. So that kind of makes sense. All in all, though, as I said, um, it felt a little bit too much like the first episode where um, by the time I was done with it, I was like, mm, okay. Uh, I think I'm looking more forward to episode four and I'm looking forward to getting this team together and really becoming, um, more of a superhero show. I don't feel like they need to cater to the mass audience. I don't know. I don't know what the numbers are. I guess maybe people are, are getting the DCU app that have never watched a comic book show before, never read a comic book before, I guess. I don't know. So that's it. Those are my quick thoughts for this episode. I was disappointed. What did you think? Um, send me comments, peteratthedailyrealist.com, or send me a comment through Twitter or on the website. Don't forget that you can subscribe to The Tower. Just look for The Daily Rios Presents The Tower if you just want The Tower episodes. Or you can subscribe to The Daily Rios and get a whole bunch of episodes, not only from The Tower, but from The Daily Rios and also the Legion Project. This has been The Tower Episode 20. I'll come back next week for some thoughts on Episode 4. Talk to you soon. Bye.